You are listening to a special episode of the Bondzilla Podcast. The name's Bond. James Bond. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a uh, our first bonus or special edition episode. How do you, how do you, how do you want I would, to... I would call it our special episode. Our special episode. Because, like, these will be... A very be... special episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of our special episodes. I don't want to say bonus because, you know, these new episodes are a permanent fixture in the uh, Bondzilla canon. And as we had mentioned uh, last week, uh, we are taking these episodes to dive a little bit deeper into some um specific it, it, topics yeah specific topics that we necessarily don't have time for in the uh movie discussions as it were yeah so um i, I for one am, am very very much looking forward to it and uh since last week we just uh hopped off of a uh, a uh, crazy crazy uh uh, Bond episode with uh, 1967's uh, Casino Royale, which m- is if you haven't heard it yet, definitely just take a listen. I think it's one of our one of our uh, yeah. one of our best. A- as we have both said, a crazy story, and that's just the behind the scenes. So go back and listen to that. Um, and in other recent news, we also have um, because this is a James Bond and a Godzilla podcast, we have our spoiler uh, review episode of this year's uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, so go check that out. And, but our, not... and, and our first news episode yes. as well. Oh yeah, thank you for reminding me. And then we just released our first uh, uh, news update episode that we will uh, you know, release as we uh, see fit. And in our uh, previous uh, episode, we were uh, talking about updates uh, on the Godzilla box office and a subject that will segue into this episode, I believe, Troubles on the Bond uh, 25 uh, set. So, so yeah, so um, for our very first kind of special episode, there was a lot of things we could discuss, but I I feel like in one in tandem with what our uh, Godzilla episode this month will be, which is kind of a tease for uh, the other special episode we'll do this month, Mm -hmm. um, we have talked about, you know, over the course of the podcast, it's been very interesting to kind of go back and listen to how this has evolved over the course of the podcast. But over the course of the podcast, we have kind of given updates on Bond 25 briefly in terms of kind of where it is at the time, like, you know, what directors were rumored, who was in the movie, all that sort of stuff. And we have gone over that over the podcast, but we've never really discussed uh, Bond 25 in full and and really discussed the future of uh, the 007 yeah. franchise. And it makes sense also because as um, if you have been listening, we have basically caught up to the main bond canon uh yes. so that so now gives we, we've a little... seen everything we kind of have a, even a fuller view of like what we want bond 25 and our hopes for bond 25 yeah as well as for the future as well as kind of going over uh you know kind of this this crazy production yes even by the time we do the bond 25 episode you know maybe yeah. more stuff will happen Who knows? and well definitely i mean so like so let's let's dive deep into the weeds of Bond 25, a, you know, it, it's it's funny, Nick, after, you know, doing this for pretty much two years now, mm-hmm. that, you know, we have so many crazy Bond stories, some crazier than others, yeah. but definitely there have, we've had our, we've had especially our on the Bond side of things, where have the Godzilla films has kind of been like a peek into like the craft and, you know, film history, as it were. The Bond franchise has given us a plethora of actual production tales, and mm-hmm. 
it is quite their... interesting to see one play out before our eyes yeah, with, yeah, with Bond 25 because it I, – I don't know if I want to call it a straight-up mess, but it definitely – it seems like uh, some rocky roads in uh, Pinewood. I mean, the thing, is, the thing is, it's been a mess since the very beginning. I think that's really the case. It's not like, oh, it's been in production, but then the actual production of it has been troubled. Like, here's, here's a fact that's going to be crazy to me when I was reading this. Spectre came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. This movie's going to come out in 2020. Essentially, there's going to be a longer gap between Spectre and Bond 25 yeah. than there was between Die Another Day and Casino Royale. Yeah. Like that's to me that's insane. So what you're saying is in this episode in or in this new version because it's been 5 years he's going to be dealing with the effects of the snap from uh <laughs> from Avengers yes. Endgame. Yes. Okay. Very nice will. That would be good. I, be, I, I would like that. I would like to see Bond, you know, deal in this sci-fi world like that. Yeah. It's just like I, like you know, money penny <laughs> disappears. He's like, "Who am I going to flirt with now?" <laughs> um, um but uh but it's been it's been crazy to think that you know, this is all leading up to Craig being the longest tenured Bond because he'll have, you know, he's passed more in the amount of years he's spent as the character, even though more has done for more films. And it's just very interesting, even even though Bond twenty five is in, is in the middle of production and, and having a crazy production in and of itself right now with explosions and broken ankles. Yeah, it's just very crazy to think about that. You know how long this has been gestating, not just this film but basically the entire craig era that we're leading up to this ending well there there's a little bit of that but also it can't be understated some of the details of it such as uh craig's uh quote-unquote interest in continuing to do the Mm -hmm. franchise that has always been uh disputed if he's like actually into it yeah and he is not like he and, and it's funny because after every movie it seems like he has not held back his disdain for making them yeah like he, he always seems to always land onto the like oh yeah i guess it's cool being bond but mm-hmm. he always seems to just just despise actually making the movies or at least not hold be very transparent about uh the the issues that he has making them but even like going further back now remind me because now this is all kind of coming back was the beginning of this production was that also around the time when they were figuring out rights to like that the bond yes. rights would probably be so that was also a yeah, thing so as well. basically uh the filming or the production just yeah. the general production of the movie began around spring 2016 mm-hmm. um actually not too long after we we started uh you know the podcast. No, actually. no, yeah, yeah, or like, or like, right, like, not maybe not started, but we were ge- we were still gestating the ideas mm-hmm. um, that would eventually because it's 2017 was our first year. Yes, right? yeah. yeah. So actually, so it was like basically. So you're wrong. I was wrong, um, <laughs> but I, but I've been pushing for this for a long time before we actually did this podcast. Yeah, um, it was you, James. But as I mentioned in the uh, Spectre episode, yeah. uh, Sony was not happy with the results of Spectre. They thought it was going to be a much bigger hit. Mm-hmm. Also, around the time of those big Sony leaks, and mm. Sony was not happy with the production at all. But yes, so um, there was even like talk about like how remember that like crazy rumor that that the Bond rights were going to go to Apple at one point. Yeah. Like that was like a thing because like the streaming wars were. Yeah. So the main bidders were. Um, Sony, Warner Brothers, Universal, Fox, mm-hmm. uh, and Annapurna, mm. which would have been very interesting as well, as well as Apple uh, and Amazon Studios was also apparently uh, in discussions of it. But eventually, it's Universal will do the, the 
the international distribution and it'll still be under the MGM banner in the in the Americas. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, like Universal has taken over basically the main production element yeah. of uh, that, like Sony in the past has has taken since they bought United Artists. But I, you know, I think we have kind of touched on a lot of the stories involving this that it was going to be. There was a there were many directors attached. Danny Boyle was like yeah, the one so, who was like the most attached or like famously attached for quite some time. Yeah. And then he but then more in, so basically he was attached, now he's not and the director well, But there's, all, there's also other stuff between that because Purvis and Way did a script. Well, I was gonna get to the Purvis and Way. I was just saying like to get the director out of the way that like, he was in there and now it's Carrie Fukunaga's doing yeah. it. But, but I think coming that, back I, to I, the script, what was Well, because the, the thing about the script even more so and why the reason why this film was even more delayed than it was, is that Purvis and Wade, who again have been doing all these movies since the world is not enough, uh, you know, put their script out there. You know, with the intention of Craig being back. Now there were lots of rumors whether or not Craig was going to be back. He had his whole rather slit my wrist thing, and right. then he decided to sign for one more. But the whole thing was when Danny, Bo- you know, because there were other directors like you know Danny Vanilla, as we it was yeah. like to call him, like was basically a favorite. First of all, it's well, first of all, his real name is D- Denny Villeneuve, but yeah. he's his his name in this studio is Dennis Vanilla. D- Dennis Vanilla. <laughs> Uh, so he was like basically the favorite for a long time, and then he decided to do Dune instead. Yeah. Um, well, the fan favorite was Nolan. Yeah, but no, but Nolan no- has said right. that he will not do like if he's going to do a Bond movie, which I, he really hasn't ruled out in terms of in general. No, yeah. But he said if he was going to do a Bond movie, he would be doing like the first of a new Bond. Like and- he would not want to come in. And like do a Craig or like a Brosnan Bond for like whatever reason. Like you wouldn't want to do a Bond that's already established. And I'm here to say that Nolan, I don't want you to do a Bond movie. And you really like you used Will used to be like Christopher Nolan, like greatest director (laughs) in the world. And over the years that I've known him, I've just seen him slowly kind of like well not hero worship the guy as much. I mean. He made more movies. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not it. I like I like Christopher Nolan. I like him doing his own thing. But I think we'll get into what I'm looking forward to in the Bond. Yeah. Like what I want from Bond now. Nolan is not going to give it to me. In, in, the, in the same way that I, you know, Nolan, I wouldn't want to do a Star Wars either. But we'll get to that in, in a minute. But um, so basically, so, yeah. yeah so, so basically, Purvis and Wade did their script, and there was this whole thing. They were trying to find a director. Nobody wanted to do it, or nobody could do it. And then Boyle came in, but the whole thing about Boyle, Danny Boyle, is that he had his own pitch for the movie, right? And he basically said, "If I'm going to do this, we're going to throw everything out." Mm-hmm. And he, you know, there were, we don't really know exactly what his version was. Mm-hmm. We kind of can gather it was going to be something with a Russian villain, mm. something to that extent. But basically, he brought in his own team, his own writer, and yeah, they started was- production. They, and it seemed like it was ro- well. And the other thing about that is that what was weird about it is that Boyle had said, okay, I'm going to be doing this, but then Eon never really made an official like right, proclamation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They never they never had like the tweet that was like, here is our director and here's like our thing. So it's kind th- of like in the same vein about how like there's all the chatter of like a Black Widow movie happening. Everybody knows it's going to happen, but like Disney or Marvel haven't announced it and nobody can officially say it. Yeah. But like everybody knew that Boyle was working on the movie. Right. Everybody knew that Boyle was working on the movie. He brought his, an, his own script writer and yeah. they basically threw out the Purpose and Way script and did their own script. And then, then basically out of the blue, essentially, 
Boyle left the production. The writer also said, well, he was out now. Mm-hmm. And then the Purvis and Wade script came back. And, yeah. and then uh, they also had but that- uh, Paul Haggis, who wrote Casino Ro- helped write Casino Royale, also came back on board. Mm-hmm. And then basically it was just like, well... It was for a long time, like, and we still don't really know what this movie is. Like, right. even with the synopsis that they've given us, we really don't have an idea of what Bond Twenty Five is going to be, other than being officially the last Craig movie. Well, I mean, and they get, we had like the standard what like creative differences uh, thing with yeah. uh, Boyle, mm-hmm. which. It, I would not be surprised at some validity in that, especially if he came in and was like given the chance to basically redo everything. There's definitely way more room for, you know, everybody not to be as jazzed about uh, where it was going. But, uh, but yeah, so that was the thing. And then he left, and then um, you know the old script came back, and then we got uh, uh, we got F- uh, Fuganaga. Who, yeah, um, and it was it's one of those things too where now they were basically like when Boyle left and they had the rest- they basically restarted production. Now they had a script that they had previously, but they restarted production. And now it's that point where it's like, okay, we need to find somebody. Mm-hmm. Need to find somebody who can do this. And then Fukunaga was the one who kind of came is, in. Which is really funny because Fukunaga had just gotten off of his own um, starting a movie in a very similar situation where he was uh, the director of uh, the horror film It uh, for quite some time. And then um, uh, due to creative differences, uh, it ended up yeah. not making that movie. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny that now he's coming uh, onto this movie yeah. uh, with similar things. And uh, here's the thing. Fuganaga is really ultimately – I know I think he directed uh, Beast of No Nation, mm-hmm. I, I believe. But um, th- his big thing is uh, he directed those episodes of True Detective. Yeah. The, uh, that was like his kind of coming out party yeah. in, ser- in terms now, of like, am I, am internet I, fandom especially. Am I short-selling that? Do, or was, Did he have like a bigger role in True Detective? Because my knowledge of him is only that he like directed – some episodes. Uh, I, I don't know. Like let me he, give me. Let me give it a double check real quick. Because I'm. I'm. I, I know time is a flat circle, but yeah. I'm not. <laughs> other than that, I'm not really familiar. I know time is a flat circle, and they did. You know, they did one of the first big like one take sequences yeah, 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 back yeah. when that was still kind of cool. Sure. Uh, on TV. Right. The thing is, like, right now, his name is kind of one of those things where a lot of film circles prop it up like his name and then i look at his filmography and i'm like oh like well how much did he actually do but again i i can't you know say that and i not to say that that makes you invalid for doing it but i just it's more so that his filmography doesn't really give me a sense of you know anticipation or what to expect from him as a creator other than like well i guess he uh, did True Detective, which is drama and action, so I guess he's going to be doing a James Bond movie. So, yeah, th- he, there's he's that. also a producer on uh, True Detective. Okay, yeah, but that was that was really his like major. That was the thing. That yeah. was his major thing. I mean, he also uh, did Maniac on uh, Netflix. Hmm. Well, um, but the other thing while mentioning the script, and we mentioned, oh, and of course, Beasts of No Nation. I said that. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I was looking. I was looking up his Listen filmography. Listen, and you will learn. I was looking up his filmography. Hmm. Um. But um. Speaking of the script, we had mentioned this briefly on another show, but I wanted to get more in depth here. Was that that the script has thus uh, gone through some uh, 
touch-ups and some minor rewrites uh, by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes. Who, uh, um, which was a personal request of Daniel Craig's. Yeah. That has been confirmed, that Craig was the one who wanted her on board. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, um, other than playing a droid in a in, a, in Solo, a Star Wars story. Which but, I kind of always forget that's her. Yeah. yeah she's awesome, though, <laughs> yeah, in, in, yeah. in the movie. But uh, famously uh, is the um, you know writer, one of the writers and creators of the show Fleabag, which... Um, by the way, um, I their bo- both seasons are on Amazon. I recently just got finished watching season two of Fleabag. Mm-hmm. Amazing television! Yeah. Like it, it's like I I just I was blown away by just how funny it was, just like how well written and characters like the characters were all good. But it had such a you could here was the thing that I was kind of thinking about when watching it. Like it was just so just. The energy and the comedy of just the dialogue scenes were so comedic, and it had kind of like that uh, that absurd edge to it while mm-hmm. also staying like pretty grounded that it made me not only absolutely love uh, Season 2 of Fleabag, but it also kind of made me wish that uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge was more attached to the to the screen to yeah. the screenplay process earlier in the thing because i'm sure like the touch-ups and everything are going to be favorable but you know it, it's a little bit of a difference when like the person can like be there from the ground up um so that was like a little bit of a bittersweet pill because i was like ah oh, man like after watching it and seeing how like great it was and now she's getting um credit for um uh writing that um the the new show um was it killing eve yeah well yeah. I, was about, I was about to mention that because that's also kind of shows her her chops in that department right yeah uh because again i haven't seen much of killing eve but it's very much a you know it's kind of a spy actiony show in in many ways uh and yeah no i think that is a very interesting kind of case especially because we've kind of noted as well that the craig movies have been at times very uh you know very low on their on their comedy meter yeah Mm -hmm. we've we've definitely had some attempts at humor and some great humor in those movies i mean nothing will ever beat daniel craig pointing at the komodo dragon i mean that that, more of that that, less of that is the height of comedy yeah uh mr charlie feldman well well, when you you look at when you when you look in the future to like what happened with the bond franchise you know your little Casino Royale sixty seven. Nothing compares to the Komodo Dragon. Casino Royale sixty seven didn't have a Komodo Dragon. It in did it, not, and it's you know not a ten out of ten movie. But but the thing is, like when you see these movies, and you can kind of see that a little bit in in various ways. Like you can see you, there are moments that Craig being a little bit more personable and comedic have kind of blossomed over the last like two films mm-hmm. i would say you have the little komodo dragon bit in casino and sorry inspector he uh gets to be a little bit more charming not by much but there's a, there you can see the seeds of him wanting to do it then when you look at you know uh his career otherwise you know doing movies like logan lucky and things like that so it makes complete sense and, and yeah. you get and also getting the sense that maybe you know he's kind of feeling like you know you know he's he's kind of having that like Hemsworth after like you know Age of Ultron where he's like all right I don't mind playing Thor but can I do something a little bit than just being like the stern god of thunder and you know he pulls his weight to like you know let's do something different let's bring on a Taika Waititi and you this is kind of the low-key version of I think Craig doing that for the Bond movies well it's kind of very much so it's like if I'm gonna if I'm coming back with this money for one more I might as well find a way to make it enjoyable for myself (laughs) Well, I, I do feel that's an element of no, it, though. No, no, I, I do feel that yeah. it's like, you know, 
they they had to have something, you know, after that whole stuff with with Spectre, um, you know, and him basically like I'd rather kill myself than you mm-hmm. know do another one of these, and then him basically coming back because there were rumors for a while, there were kind of the whole things of like you know, not even the, just the, the the whole Idris ridiculous Idris Elba stuff. Uh, and the whole ridiculous Tom Hiddleston stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, like, there were rumors of, like, well, who could be the next Bond? And then Craig decided to come back, and everybody's like, oh, that's very interesting that he decided to, to make his way back to the franchise. I feel like there's got to be some angle other than a big fat contract that's, you know, making him... Because I just... I also don't see Craig being the guy... Just knowing him and the kind of films he does, I don't, yeah. I just don't see him being the guy who comes in for the, the big payday. That I feel like... You know, maybe he'll do a. You know, it's not one of those things like every actor does a gig that they're yeah. just like, I'm just gonna do this for for you know, take a break, take a little bit of money. And but the, but the, I do feel like in this age of Craig, yeah. when he's doing like when he's not doing Bond, he's doing stuff like Logan Lucky. I feel like there is got to be something here that hopefully excites him because my biggest worry, the big worry would be that we we get a Sean Connery in You Only Live Twice performance where it's basically like. A bond that's going through the motions that basically is like, I want to be out of here, but I'm getting a big fat contract for this. And yeah, obviously that would, especially in a modern day take, it's hard sometimes to really phone in something these days. I feel like even more so than in the past. Wait, what are you talking about? Didn't didn't Dark Phoenix just come out? <laughs> Ask Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I guess that's I, <laughs> seems very easy to her. Yeah, <laughs> but but the thing is, like, I I don't I. I I don't think you're not wrong and because the the vibe that I've been getting and the kind of the news we've been getting around this movie has been like he didn't seem obligated to come back. The mm-hmm. news around it wasn't like, all right, this is the last of his contract or whatever. It, it seems like the chatter coming out of this movie was like they want to complete they want they like and the way I read it is like they want to have a do-over on the final Craig movie, yeah. and so it was almost like they had to kind of get him to come back. Because well, so, also because we, yeah. we Spectre wasn't like it was a big hit, but it wasn't as big of a hit as everybody thought it was going to be. People thought that, especially Eon and Sony, thought that you know post Skyfall, you know the thing, the, the heights were only going to get bigger. And I really think you know they put a lot of eggs in that Spectre basket, mm-hmm. and you know the Christoph Waltz basket, they put yeah. all their eggs in one basket. Well, you know what they have to do now? They have to blow up the basket. <laughs> We've made that joke a million times. It's never not funny to the two of us. All our new listeners will probably be very confused, but but basically, like you know, Spectre, you know, failed to hit that billion dollar mark that Skyfall yeah. did. Your mm-hmm. critical reviews weren't as great. Didn't have the legs that Skyfall had. Doesn't have the legacy that it had. And it, you do feel like there is like, well, we can, you know, finish this up. Yeah. And I think I do think and we'll talk about this a little bit even later once we talk about what the future of the franchise after Bond 25 is. But I do think that Barbara Broccoli saw this opportunity to be like, well, we can actually come up with the ending because again, this is unique. In that all the other bonds have basically left, you know, without an official ending. Essentially. Yeah, right, right. Whereas this one, you know, I think, and there's been like a very clear continuity. Yes, I mean, with these you know. ones, yes, but it's basically like all the other bonds have left kind of early. They mm-hmm. have left a kind of before their time, or like, or they made a movie and they were like, oh, well, we're, we were gonna bring him back, but then this happened, or you know, whatever. But this is a unique one where it's like everybody has basically confirmed, okay, this is Craig's final film. And we're we're producing this movie with the knowledge that it's Craig's final film, and yeah. I think I think that that's that's what is kind of Barbara's angle. Like when we see like the bonus features eventually on the Bond Twenty Five Blu Ray, I feel like there's going to be an interview with Barbara Broccoli where she's basically saying 
that's that's why we wanted to do this one. We yeah. we had an, we saw an opportunity to actually give Bond an ending. Well, I I mean, we we really should just get in into this portion of it for for the rest of the episode. It's like what what are we expecting from this movie? What would we like? What do we think we're going to get like and then what what like and then just moving forward, what what do we think? Because here's the thing with the with this Bond movie. I we have made no secret that we were in team, let Craig go, reboot this, go the different yeah, direction I was, already. I've been very much on. The, I think that's really kind of what I want this movie to be. Is I want it to be worth it for Craig to come back. Yeah. Because my thing is like we're in this kind of different filmic world. Like even just between 2015, you know, definitely between where where the Craig film started, between 2006 and now, the world, the film world has changed drastically. We've had the cinematic universe, mm-hmm. the way that Marvel has kind of popped into play, you know, even kind of the rise of the Fast and the Furious movies in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what Disney's doing right now. We've we've seen a lot of changing in the film world and what I felt like, especially at the end of Spectre, Spectre, I felt like, hey, this was a decent ending. After that film, it was clear just from how he was presented to media that Craig did not want to come back. This was the opportunity to kind of build something new, to kind of bring yourself, to bring Eon and James Bond into this post like Marvel world, Mm -hmm. you know, and and really kind of figure out like what now Bond is. Mm. And I feel like. If this movie is not good, then it's essentially a waste of five years. It's a waste of the potential to build up a new Bond in a time when I felt like we needed to build up well, a new I, Bond. Well, I, uh, I, I push back against that a little bit. I, mean, I, I, I just feel like it needs to be worth it. It needs to be good. Because if it's a good ending, hey, I'm going to not say anything. But I, I, I would still, now, knowing what we know, I would rather be having excitement for a new bond no i just i, I, I just I agree i really don't see like and, and obviously something maybe that first trailer will speak to me who mm-hmm. knows but i really just i in my mind i can't see what else will excite me about a craig movie like and i just need i need this movie to be something that's worth it that tells a story that finishes up whatever this continuity is right it just finishes it up in a way that makes it, it satisfying it, it's interesting to, to hear you say that because in the, the reason i kind of go back like the reason i kind of push back on some of that is i agree to the point of like i, I ultimately if he's coming back i want this to be a movie that is worth him coming back and like because if we're going to do this rodeo again with him like you know give give us you know, give it your all if you're going to do this final Bond yeah. film. But it's like I, I don't know if like if the conclusion doesn't land. I, I don't. I think that speaks mostly on the movie because like the franchise itself was is when you look at it is in this odd period of like it had kind of grown during this transitional period of of, of everything. So like I don't necessarily have those expectations of the movie. I I'm not looking for it to. I'm not looking forward to wrap it up because as far as I'm concerned, they've already kind of like botched the whole trying to connect all these movies yes. with, with Spectre. So well, I, mean, I don't, it very much, I don't have that. It very much is. It's like they see that opportunity in a set of films that have a continuity, but don't really have the planned outness of the continuity. Yeah. So I, I, I don't necessarily have that. I, I just want to just make a solid movie. Honestly, just make, Make a better version of Spectre is yeah. what you were trying to. If the, if that's kind mm-hmm. of what the what the mandate is, um, so th- there's a little bit of that. Um, but like one and 
kind of really thinking about the movie because I've really struggled with like kind of like my, my anticipation level for this. Um, I mean, it's it's got a good cast. I'm excited for the people that they have in it. Like one of the things in the um, they kind of in the plot premise they hint at Jeffrey Wright's Felix Leiter may have a bigger role in it so I'm excited about that hopefully um they uh you know there's some I'm excited to see uh you know Rami Malek and Lashana Lynch and uh Anna de Armas like play a role uh in it I I, those are actors that I like so I want to see that uh I think the biggest um the biggest thing that I'm almost looking forward to is seeing if any of that Phoebe Waller bridgeness comes in because again I can't um you know I can't you know advocate for it enough but that second season of Fleabag one of the things that was interesting that I w- want to see in in the in these Bond movies is you know bring a sense of humor to it at this point make I, it an enjoyable blockbuster I think and that's I think that, really I mean yeah. I, I want to kind of say that even more for you know I think We'll talk a little bit more what the future of the franchise is, but I do agree. I think when you look at what's successful, like what you know, what part of what makes like the Marvel movies successful, part of what makes the Fast and the Furious movies so successful, endearing, mm-hmm. and even to an extent like what makes you know stuff like you know even like the the big successful animation films, you know the other kind of big stuff is that they have that lightness, they 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 have the fun, like yeah. people go see. You know, everybody kind of always says, like, oh, why are the Marvel movies still making money? And I, I think a big part of it is, like, you you know that you're going to have a, a good, fun time. Mm-hmm. There's going to be something funny or something enjoyable to see on the screen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's – I mean, the Bond franchise kind of built itself up on that sort of level, especially in kind of the height of, you know, the Connery era into that kind of more era. You really kind of ramped up the ridiculousness and the action and the humor, mm. and that's that's always been a part of what makes Bond Bond is right. kind of the quips and the humor, well, and, and the gags and, and and the gadgets and stuff like that. Yeah. And and we've talked about that the, the, the Craig movies have done so much to basically step back from that. And I think while at the end of the day, it might have been the right move for them in two thousand and six. Again, I just think that the series needs to evolve. You know, because that's what's been always interesting about seeing all these Bond movies in order is how these movies evolve based on their time period and what else is happening in film and kind of the ebbs and flows. Of, like we've seen them try to go serious and then they get ridiculous again. Right. We've seen them try to go serious, and I think we need to be on that upswing of ridiculous again, and and just kind of really kind of key into that humor mm-hmm. and that crazy action uh, that really has defined what makes this franchise unique. And I think that. And again, hopefully, if her voice comes through in some of the rewrites, I think that the the best case scenario is that we get back to the quippy nature of Bond. Because if you watch Fleabag, there's a lot of like quick jokes, and if you're familiar with the show, there's a lot of Phoebe Waller Bridge plays the main character, and she like often like turns to the camera to like you know deliver like a comment because it's like a commentary on her self destructive life, and and it's just like the way that the humor, like, dude. If you ever, like, just watch the episode one of of season two, and just the way the dialogue works is such good, like, oh, this could translate to quippy Bond dialogue. So that's what I'm kind of the most hopeful for in the movie. But here's the thing, and I want to kind of get back to what you were saying and what I was saying about make it a fun blockbuster. Now, I know that there's the contingent of people who, when they hear that, admittedly, they may get, you know, like roll their eyes because, you know, we mentioned stuff like the the Marvel movies or the Fast and Furious movies. And, you know, and I'm not saying even though my personal opinion is I think every franchise should be obligated to pull a Ragnarok every four movies. I just think that they should. I think that would be awesome. 
But you don't. We're not necessarily saying like you have to go crazy and family friendly and you know a joke every minute. Like what I'm saying is just make it a fun, enjoyable movie. Yeah. Because honestly, like. And I think that this is why Skyfall at the time was a little bit more favorable because, like, plot-wise and everything going on, it was very, like, a little bit more over-the-top than normal. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, like, these movies are cool sometimes. Yeah. And, like, they got, like, kind of fun action that you want to be in a Bond movie. But I'd be hard-pressed to say that any of the Craig movies are fun. Yeah. Because what's funny is that, like, you would would say that Skyfall is the fun. I would say Skyfall is the most fun before this podcast. I I, I still would say it's probably the most fun fun of the movies fun, just from fun, like yeah. a like a oh like the action set pieces and, and yeah. things like that so. i think it's the most fun fun i do think that casino royale is a little bit more fun than than you kind of expect it to be but it's also because it's also it, the best movie it's also the best movie yeah. but it's also kind of balances it out with kind of the, some of the more most grittiness yeah. so it's kind of that movie kind of works in that sense where it's like you have the ridiculousness of a you know a, a building sinking into the ocean, mm-hmm. but you also have kind of more serious takes on the franchise. But well, I disagree. I think you know because I always go back to like those the most the ones that I've enjoyed most. Uh, you know, in, the, in terms of the Bond franchise, and you're, like you look back at stuff like you know From Rush with Love, Goldfinger, Goldeneye, uh, For Your Eyes Only. They're all like basically movies that have high energy that have ridiculousness and they don't you know like something like goldeneye is like kind of the standard where it has this craziness and this fun time but it does not shy away from having some dramatic moments well but look at like some of the more recent movies you have the john wick movies you yeah. have the fast not the fast and furious the um mission impossible, the mission impossible movies uh, yeah like, like like really like those because yeah. it's like in some ways like i i've said this too mission impossible has become what bond was it's mm-hmm. basically like you've got the crazy stunts you know that are actually done by you know the actors and you've got basically kind of the ridiculous save the world plots because mm-hmm. again like we've talked craig has never had that save the world plot Everything is basically personal to him or basically like, oh, you have to to stop Lashif from getting money or you have to, you know, blow up this oil rig in, Mm -hmm. in, you know, this place. It's like, and there's never been like, even though there are like, oh, if this happens, the world has changed, but there's never been that big like, oh, the world has to be saved in this moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that has kind of affected those Craig enjoyment movies because like, again, how do you build those types of stakes you really have to double down on the personal stakes and if the personal stakes aren't working like they haven't in some of these craig movies then you're kind of left with well what are we fighting for well here's the thing and we've this has been i think what the craig movies have struggled with so this this is kind of a two-parter about what we would need to do i feel going forward in the bond franchise one if you're this dedicated to like what they've been doing in the Craig movies where they keep on they seem to keep on peeling back the the layers of his backstory like if you're going to do that commit to it this time mm-hmm. that would be my big thing yeah. because i think that ultimately thinking about the Craig movies have hindered the Craig series the most where you know i think casino royale does it and i you know i have some issues with that and quantum doesn't really get into it and then ever since then they give like this these movies have given this illusion that we keep on like diving deep into the James Bond character and it's like and it doesn't it doesn't yeah. land at all mm-hmm. but here's but ultimately so i would say scenario 1 you either do that and commit to it yep. make make James Bond like make James Bond the Here's the thing, what you do. You either make James Bond 
Tony Stark or you make him Captain America. And the way I mean about that is because by the end, when you get to all the end of the, the Avenger movies, like you get Tony Stark. You get like the plight of the character. You get like everything that this character has been going through. Captain America, you just like Captain America. Like, and you know, there is story behind them. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to sell him short, but it's more of like, oh, like you, like he's just so charming and he's likable. You want to see him go on the adventures. And then, so go that direction. Cause here's my hot take. Ultimately, nobody cares what actually happens in a James Bond movie. <laughs> like, I don't think any you, you can really come up with like whatever he has to do for the mission as long as it facilitates like cool fun stuff happening. And I just felt I just feel like none of these movies, maybe with the exception of Skyfall, have done that. Yeah. And I think that these movies would go so far by going back to basics with me is like stop this pretense of making these like these serious spy movies make a charming likable character give them like some play and story with some of the characters but then ultimately just make like a fun action spy movie yeah. and i know that sounds like you know minimalist and like you know kind of like you know uh you know kind of mad to some people but i just feel like that's what this franchise needs and i go back to like things like again i go to why do people really like the Mission Impossibles? And why do they really like the John Wick movies? Because everybody likes Keanu Reeves and Tom Cruise, and they want to see them do crazy shit. Yeah. That's why and you like those movies. Like, and they're they're just, they are cool in that way. Yeah. Like, when you see Tom Cruise, like, piloting a helicopter next to a, you know, uh, to, like, to a mountain. Yeah. And, like, you know, and the music's great. And then, or in John Wick, like, it's just, like, the nightclub scene. Like, that's, you know, the nightclub scene in John Wick 1 is, like, the ultimate in, like, kind of cool gunfight filmmaking. Right, yeah. Like, not counting what the other sequels have done, but just that simpleness of itself. But the point I'm trying to make is, like, you don't, you don't, unless, like, you're going to create this, like, really commit to this grand story, you don't overthink what's actually happening yeah. in the movie. Mm -hmm. Just, honestly, make them just... Make it a guy who has nano machines, yeah. and then and then like he's got to stop the nano machines. There's your Bond story. Now just make it likable. <laughs> I'll be interested to see. That's kind of my take yeah. on it. And I, and I, it's one of those things where that's also why. I mean, I agree with you. It's just one of those things where it's, it's going to be. I feel like it's just going to be too late for the Craig movies to go that route. Because oh, I, I'm, I'm, just I'm just talking about like the, where the, where I want them to go yeah. after this. Uh, a couple things about Bond Twenty Five first uh, before I. Uh, before we move on to kind of a general like, hey, what would yeah, we like yeah. this more so? What we'd like to see, um, I will be interested to see like how Leia Sedu is used in this movie mm -hmm. because my my instant worry is that it is going to be like she's dead, Jim. Yeah, she's she, dead. <laughs> my thing is like I'm that she's dead within the first act. Yeah, and well, you can do that, and I'm sure there are people who would want to do that more so with like the actual Tracy stuff and stuff like that, which I mean, you could just play, do this as a placeholder or like a, a similar thing to what happens with Tracy and basically do what everybody, you know, what they intended to do with Honor Majesty's Secret Service and, and the rest of those last B movies. I'm kind of, you know, there's always just that thing about fridging, you know, and just basically bringing back that character just to kill her, just to be motivation. Mm -hmm. Like you've got to do something. If you're going to bring her back, I feel like I want her more, Throughout the movie, yeah. Then just like, and, and it just seems like it's so obvious that they're going to kill her, and like that Rami Malek's character is going to have her killed in the first act, and then Bond yeah. is better. And then, because the other thing about it is that this is another movie within the Craig franchise where Bond seemingly is retired or n not interested in MI6, 
and then he has to come back to MI6. So I will be interested to see if they can make that unique or if it's just going to be a repeat of the previous two movies where yeah. it's basically like he comes into MI6 and M's like, Bond, you've, you've abandoned us again and, and I can't stand for this. And, and James Bond's like, I have a mission to do. And M's like, all right, Bond, we'll get behind you. Yeah, well, the best, like, the best case scenario, I, and I'm just saying like from my own, I don't think this is what's going to happen. What you could have done with that, what you could do with that is if you keep this, oh, they're a couple – aspect and then like that and even if you know she's not in the movie that much at least you could take off the you know he's going you know his whole womanizing off the table and i and i'm not you know i know some people can get i'm not trying to say that because it's like outdated or whatnot i'm just saying like maybe if you took that off the table it would force you to do interesting things with the character Mm -hmm. especially in this last entry i don't think that's what's gonna happen i don't i don't have that much faith in i i there's something that tells me like like there's a sliver of hope that they won't just do the kill off yeah. only because it's like come on guys you must know you're going to get shit for the like like especially like today where it's like you know Endgame kills off one of its female characters and and I think in the way that you can earn it the most even yeah. though like I, you know and I'm not saying like you have to love it but I'm just saying like it, that had story behind it yeah. and everybody was upset well, about you, it it's just it's basically the difference between like you know if you're bringing her back just to kill her that yeah. just sucks yeah. it's just bad at this point it's bad storytelling yeah like if you're just bringing in a character specifically you know you got to give them something and you got to give her something to do because if it's basically like if because it's so easy to imagine this that you they open the movie they're in bed together in Jamaica and they're having you know all the crazy fun time together you mm-hmm. know having having their sexy time and then Felix comes in and Leia's like you don't have to go back Bond and it's like I I, I it's my friend Felix and then because he goes back boom she's kidnapped and killed and Rami Malek sends a little video message it's just like I killed your girlfriend oh my god How- and then Bond is like. You know, Bond, and then Craig is really stoic, and he's like, he doesn't react to it, and then he like, you know, he just shows up with like in front of M and and, and Money Penny, yeah, and he's as if nothing ever happened. Like you can easily imagine that's the direction they go, and it's so, be- it would be so bad because it's so easy to imagine. Also, give me something unique here. Also, Rami Malek worries me in this movie, not as an actor, just of what they're going to do with the character. I've like, said several times, if we get another character who talks about that he's going to take down the world with his evil satellites and his evil technology, I'm going to lose it. I'm Like, come on, we man. Because it's really, we haven't had a break. Like, we kind of had a slight break from that at, like, the kind of the beginning of the Craig, like, just at the beginning of the Craig era. But really, since the Brazen era, that's essentially been the plot line of the movies. Yeah, like, and it's just like, Almost oh, all the Brazen God. movies and, like, most of the Craig movies have that like, at plot least, Like, again, at least give them, like, a laser or something. Like, yeah, Jesus. Give him, yeah, give them the nanomachines. Yeah, oh, God. Uh, so, anyway. Um, and now you'll, you'll see, like, how Q and Money play, play into it, too. Yeah, so. But anyway, so you were, you wanted to talk about what, I had kind of, like, gone on to a tangent about what I want to see w- with going forward with these movies, but, like, what, what would I, you say? So, first, what say you? First of all, you know, what would we want to see in the future? First of all, just continue. To sh- don't star cast Bond because anybody who says anything like "Oh, Idris Elba is Bond" or "Tom Hilson is Bond" is like has no idea how they've ever casted Bond. If they ever casted someone with that amount of work in their life as Bond, 
you know, even Craig, you know, maybe Craig was a little bit more, but like Craig wasn't, first of all, was not a leading man where both Hiddleston and Easter Shovel have been leading men. Two, the most that Craig had done is stuff like smaller roles in like stuff like Road to Perdition and stuff. And like, you know, otherwise he was just doing independent work. Mm-hmm. But every other Bond, you know, Dalton was just doing stage stuff with, with the brief foray into film. Connery was basically an unknown. Moore had basically just done The Saint on television. And then Lazenby was an unknown. And Brosnan was basically, again, same thing. He had a kind of one starring role in a TV series. You don't star cast Bond. Everybody else in the movie, you star cast. You cast Oscar winners in your villain role. But like Bond, like I remember when Bond, uh, when there were rumors of Bond, and there was some I can't remember who it was. There was some British TV star, um, that was like up for the role. And I'm like that's exactly who you would expect, and that's exactly who you want. You want someone who is kind of new and fresh faced. And I think that that's first of all, you know, I think they really need to go deep and, and find someone that's really going to encapsulate what whatever their new bond version so of bond is going to be. Are you I, siding with complete unknown? I then? like the unknown, or at least someone who has like a minimal amount of work, mm-hmm. or basically someone who's on that rise. Um, I would say that you know, it'd be awesome if the Bond series went millennium era Godzilla, where it was like just a series of standalones where they just kept on doing like, just like a standalone bond every like two years. Yeah. They, they, in this world of like interconnected franchises, it would never happen. Well, my thing is like, I think it's funny because when you talk about, you know, them trying to deepen the Craig, I do think that the best way to go for this like next bond, whatever the next evolution of it is to go back to basics because there's been, well, the thing is that there's been rumors uh, around Eon that, that, that Barbara sees the current interconnected film, the cinematic universe landscape, and she sees that potential and she sees that potential for bond. And one, I don't. I, I think that the Craig movies trying to do the continuity with the Bond. I think if you're going to do any continuity things, it has to be from day one. You have to know exactly where. You're oh sure. At. You yeah, have yeah. to. You have to know because the way that they did it with the Craig, which is retroactively fitting and everything. But I also feel that like I would just really love the Simple Mission movie. That Bond goes into M's office. Here's the villain. Here's the mission. Go out and do your thing. Because that's essentially, like, in a sense, that's essentially what the Mission Impossible movies are. Mm-hmm. That's essentially, to an extent, what the John Wick movies kind of have become. Yeah. And because, again, those movies are just, you want to see Keanu Reeves kill a bunch of people, yeah. and you want to see Tom Cruise do crazy shit. Those now, are what those movies are. I, I, I just think, like, going back to basics, going back to basically kind of, what would we do with a Brosnan? What would we do with a Dalton? What would we do like with a Moore? And like, just kind of go back to basics, make it simple because I think that's what's really actually going to drive people to these movies. Yeah. I think if you kind of bring it back and even this, okay, they're they're kind of bringing back the traditional Bond movie. Now, there's a couple other things I would say. Um, I don't think this will happen, but I would actually love to see a female director. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, of course, would love to see another female writer or Phoebe Waller-Bridge come back to do like a fuller Bond script. I would love that. But I would love to see... Phoebe Waller-Bridge would make an amazing cue, too. I think too. if you're add, adding, like, you know, diversity to this franchise, um, I think, like, going from the behind-the-scenes perspective, I think is actually going to be the strongest way to kind of present that in the movie. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, it's like, there's all the, like... like how do you cast Bond? Could you make him a different race? Could you make him a different gender? I think there's a lot of different nuances to that argument yeah. that I think a lot of people just throw out. Well, definitely uh, dif- 
different race. I think different races you yeah. easily do. There's yeah. nothing to stop that. Yeah. I, I do think that people are like, oh, this, you know, give him, make him Jane, Jane Bond. I'm like, that's a little more complicated. The only, I mean, I'll, I, at the risk of being controversial, like I, I do think it's James Bond. Yeah. But this kind of goes into one thing. I think though, I 100% think, like I, and I would put money on this, is that future James Bonds are going to be more ensemble pieces, because I think like that's kind of what the rage is yeah. now. I think that. So I think you're going to get like I think you're going to get like a Jinx-like character back, who is not necessarily a. Um, What's it called? Is not necessarily going to be a love interest, but is going to be, even though Jinx ended up being a love interest, but I yeah. think it's just going to be like an opposite, kind of like how uh, Tessa Thompson is like the opposite of, you know, of Hemsworth and Ragnarok yeah. and an MIB coming out. I think like you're definitely going to get that. I think, I just feel like with like, you know, I I, I feel like the money is now in the ensembles. Yeah. I feel like it's it's a little bit of like, you don't worry so much on the individual star as much as the ensemble star power. Yeah. So I would put money down on, I think that's where it's going to go yeah. in the future. But I definitely think you can do like, I, and I, I would very much like to see like, a, I would love to see like maybe like a Catherine Bigelow directed mm-hmm. like bond movie. I, think I, would, that'd be I, awesome. I, I do think that like a female directed James Bond would be a really good way to go. Yeah. Also, I think like, and this will never happen. I don't think this will ever happen, but the way the way to diversify Bond for me is if you basically confirm him as a bisexual man. I think that would be interesting. Wow, really? Yeah, I would. Okay. I, I w- that would be the Bond I'd want to see. Again, they're okay. never going to do that. Yeah. I think like that's the thing is that I think that Eon, in the end of the day, is going to always play it safe with the Bond character itself. Right. I do think that Barbara and Michael G. Wilson can again expand who's making these movies, and I think that's what I would love to see in the future. But I always think that at the end of the day, no matter what the speculation is. Mm-hmm. I think Eon's always going to play it safe with who is I, Bond. But here's the thing, and I think this is kind of piggybacking off of you. And, you know, I'm not trying to be dismissive about any of the things about making it like a different gender or the sexuality Yeah, no, I, I think it's all good discussion. It is good discussion. And, and I think Part, it's all coming from a right place. Yes, I, I 100%, which is why I, I was, I'm team get one standalone with Idris. Like, I, I'm, I'm on yeah. that team. But my thing is like, I don't trust the people running Bond, no matter who the director is, to handle any subject of gender or sexuality or yeah, well. That's true. Like even in the more well-meaning Bonds, they often they ended up. I mean, like you know, like Skyfall starts out fine and then has like a super gross moment in the in the middle of oh, it. Oh yeah. So it's like it, I'm more of the opinion like I I would rather just mitigate that entire aspect of the character more so because I feel like it's going to force you to actually do something with the character other than he sleeps around. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it is, you know, playing. I just don't trust them to do anything like interesting with it. It's, it's, it's hard to imagine, but I think at the end of the day, more so than anything else, going back to basics, making it funny, making it fun, going back to just bond is a member of MI6. He's going on a mission. Yeah. But I, I think you're going to get like, you're going to get, like, a Jinx-like character. I feel like it's a good right. opportunity for, like, Felix to come back in, in the in the mix and be yeah. more of a fixture this time. It, I, I just can't see that it being strictly about following this one guy on yeah. missions. Because no, even the Mission Impossible movies are, yes, is Tom Cruise the star? But they've kind of estab- evolved, in, yeah. evolved into, here's the team. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, that's where they're going to go. I do think, too, um, I, I think that... It um, 
I would like to see bigger stakes. I mean, that's where I would like to go. I do think, I do think that they're going to, with the next Bond, I do think they're going to attempt to do spinoffs. I do think that's the direction. Interesting. I do think, I think that now more than ever, I think Barbara and Michael, I think, see the potential in that. That's a, um, that's a, that's a tricky game to follow, I think. But I here's the thing about it, though. It's just like, the thing about the Bond franchise is that they would have to go in a direction that they were going to go in the 90s with these spinoffs. Because unlike basically all these other franchises that, you know, have been around for a long time, there's really not a easy point of spinoff. Like, you're not going to make a Felix Leiter movie. You're right. just not going to. Right. Like, you're, you know... You're not going to make a Money Penny movie. You're not going to make like a Q movie. Like you, you don't have those characters that can really do that. You would have yeah. to. Do, you have to do like you know. You have to get a Michelle Yao type character or a Jinx. Yeah. You know something that oh we have the potential now if, and that's always the dangerous thing too where it's like you know the whole backdoor piloting thing, where if you're going to, you know, create a character specifically for a spinoff, and that character doesn't hit in the original movie, mm-hmm. then at that point like then is the spinoff still going for because again all these like you know the marvel movies obviously have millions of characters to play with now especially that they basically own all of them again yeah you know and like like john wick for example like if that you know i'm we're not sure the status of that series but if they ever did like you know that has a world that actually kind of could be built into if they ever do that continental series right like that's a world that like okay well at least you've established something with the world like bond is basically like this real world spy that yeah you've had allies in the past but none of those people that we've met in those movies have really yeah i've never really seen like oh you could do a movie with this character see i think the the concern though there and i think this is interesting cuz uh, we've been kind of seeing this in the past like really two weeks with franchise movies and kind of seeing this with franchise movies in general is like there needs to be a point of our people going to care about going even if they like James Bond and I, and I and I yeah. wonder if when you strip out James Bond does anybody really care about anything going on in the James Bond world and I I would side with I honestly don't know. I don't. No, I, don't think I, I would so. say no. I mean, I, I think that's really like. I, I think. I think, yeah. I think they're going to try it. I yeah. do think they're going to try to do like a spinoff, possibly with a, you know, a female character in a future movie. Yeah, I like, think that would be an easy route to go. But like, I also think that it's basically doing a spinoff in this day and age is even so much different because, in, like, if you did that Michelle Yao spinoff in the nineties. You basically you don't necessarily always need to go back to it being Bond. You can mm-hmm. just be like, oh, here's the same character on a different mission. Now again, the instinct is to be like, well, now we're gonna make it more connected. That now yeah. we're really gonna connect it, and okay, we're gonna have a cameo from this character. And, you know, oh, maybe Jinx meets up with Felix finally in these, you know, like something like that. Yeah. And I don't know if that that works for Bond. And I and I th- I think you kind of even see that again. It's kind of hard to judge how the Craig movies have been. Um, connected because they basically did at the last minute mm-hmm. but it's also like those but look at but trying to connect them has not you know it's just how they've connected them and how careful they've been with that hasn't really inspired me to basically be like yeah i want a kind of an interconnected bond universe i that's why i say like if i could do what i could do with the bond franchise if i had my choice it would be like kind of the very standalone by itself simple mission movie mm-hmm. because i feel like Especially Skyfall and Spectre have have you you're right have tried to overcomplicate Bond in both of its world and of its character, and I feel like 
that instinct is just kind of keeping to go deeper. Well, I mean, there's definitely more of a chance for it to work if they're going into it knowing that that's what they want to do. And really, the only way you have to do that is just be consistent with because it's like the the mission impossible movie it's not like they have like a big plan in motion at least it doesn't seem no. that way but they're smart about like yeah. oh this happened in the last movie you just yeah, like like the, just, just make a good sequel ghost protocol and fallout are like it's fallout is a perfect sequel to ghost protocol sure in that it takes things from the movie it doesn't really change much about what happened in that movie but it just expands upon them and that's really what happened with specter is that instead of expanding upon this world, it basically retroactively changed everything you knew about the previous movies. Right, right. And that causes issues because, like, well, that's not what we knew, and that doesn't make yeah, any sense. It, well, and, and at most, it frustrates people like us, and for, I think, the normal audience, it just doesn't land, yeah. I think, is the big thing. But, but like, the to go back on your thing about making the, the expansion and the interconnected, here's the thing. Let, let's take this scenario. Mm-hmm. Let's say you, you make New Bond, right? And it stars whoever. And then let's say you get, you're bringing back Jinx, the character Jinx. And then it's like Tessa Thompson, let's just say that. Yeah. You would basically need to ba- co lead that movie with, like, it's a, a James Bond movie, but like Jinx is like the big, like, standout second co lead character. Yeah. And even if you have that movie and everybody's talking about, like, oh, Jinx is awesome, everybody loves Jinx, everybody's, you know, you know they're they're talking about her in the memes they've got the funko pops like yeah. everybody then you do her spin-off movie it's still a gamble i don't no, know if people be- would just like because flock it's out like, to go would, see it would someone so cuz there's a difference between oh i like this character i would like to see him in another James Bond movie versus i like this character i want to see their own adventure yeah. because someone like jinx for example like if that character was popular which she is not but if mm-hmm. she was no i'm just using that know, as no, an example because because that yeah. was the one spin-off they were going to do yeah that was closest to production but i mean like there is that sense of like, do I really want to see this other own adventure? No, I kind of like the interplay with her and Bond. Yeah. Well, so like, see, I would want to see her with Bond. But this is what I'm saying. We're seeing this like with franchise. First of all, we're seeing that, quite frankly, that having an established franchise, you know, the waning, the interest in a specific franchise, there's not just blind loyalty to mm-hmm. a franchise is what I'm trying to say. Right. We're seeing that with the X-Men movies. Unfortunately, we've kind of seen that with King of the Monsters at the box office yeah. that you know, that people kind of like the certain franchises and icons within their certain uh, parameters. And one of the things that makes Marvel the unique one, which is why I'm all, I'm very interested to see how, you know, as silly as it sounds, how Hobbs and Shaw does. Because I mentioned this to you off mic about I'm interested in seeing, like, are people that invested in Fast and the Furious that they will go see this Fast and Furious movie that has nothing to do with any of like, with the, the, with the core storyline. Yeah. yeah. So where the Marvel movies, their benefit was like they've kind of cultivated and got people onto the whole universe idea. And that and even though like I think their individual movies have succeeded, I think that they have just they have shown that all right, let's take phase one for example. There is all these different characters from these different genres and different like types of sci-fi that you can tell whether it be Thor or Iron Man and then they all come together in Avengers now you're bringing in the Guardians of the Galaxy which is big and cosmic now you're bringing in Ant-Man which is like a little heist movie so they're getting people into like the mindset of oh yeah I want to see the Hulk in a Thor movie because I know that all that kind of gels with each other and 
and there's I just felt like Marvel had kind of conditioned and found a smart way to get the audiences on board and with they that cross pollination. The, they also had the benefit of basically starting from scratch and kind of building up this universe. Yeah. Which I think like franchises like Bond and even Godzilla to an extent have an issue with because these are more franchises that we've again we do this podcast is these franchises have been established these characters have been established for 30 years yeah and so everybody kind of has their idea of what what they like and what what that is so like with bond if you're trying to now make this you know if you're trying to turn bond into the cinematic universe you might get some pushback because people like have oh, i think you're definitely good because like look at it here's another problem you have let's say you didn't like Ragnarok for whatever reason. Yeah. Like, let's say you didn't. It's like, oh, I don't like it when it's like dumb and silly. Then it's like, but the next time you see Thor, it's in Infinity War, and he's a little bit more of a serious character. The movie itself is a, has a little bit more of a serious tone. Of, has a serious tone to it. When you start spinning off uh, Bond, let's say. It's going to be, or it's like even in the other in the Marvel movies, like I said, you get a completely different type of genre the next time. At least I I feel yeah. that way. With Bond, it's like, all right, you get a spy movie with Bond, and then you get a spy movie with Jinx this time. So there's a little bit of like, yeah. And I'm not saying like that you can't make the spy movie any different. I'm just saying getting people in into seats is it going to be enticing? And I, I mean, mean if- we've had the MonsterVerse, which I feel like has had a like I was looking back at some old Godzilla 2014 stuff and each of those movies Godzilla Kong King of the Monsters have all in my opinion had a different directorial approach to it to diversify them and we've seen that that doesn't necessarily guarantee people being interested in it and I do think like actually the Mission Impossible franchise is kind of a good example of just like the team dynamic like right because like the past two movies in Ghost Protocol and in Fallout like Basically, the new element of the team is Rebecca Ferguson's character. Yes. And it's one of those things where, do I like Rebecca Ferguson in those movies? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love her chemistry with Tom Cruise. I think that character is very interesting, the way they've taken that character. Would I be interested in seeing, like, oh, here's a own Rebecca Ferguson adventure in the in the Mission Impossible universe? Yeah. Probably not. I, I would say no. I, like, I was like, I'll probably, I would probably still go see it, but do I would be interested? Would I, I would, my reaction to that news would be like, oh. Yeah. That's interesting. The only way you I could do it... I hope she's still in the next Mission Impossible. If you did a Ving Rhames and Benji, like, comedy, like, directed by, yeah. like, I don't know, Joe Cornish or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, but that's the thing I'm saying. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going to be similar to Bond if they do try those spin-off things. And, again, yeah. that's, that's all this kind of based on I've just rumors and speculation about what's going on with, with, with Barbara Broccoli's head. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, get me, like, a, a funny Bond... Get me a simple mission movie, bring it back to basics, kind of bring it back to just that simple. Because even, again, the Mission Impossible movies, they're, they, they've become a little bit interconnected. But at the end of the day, what does Fallout start with? Here's the mission. Mm-hmm. We've got to get these plutoniums. Oh, we lost a plutonium. Now our whole movie is to get the plutonium so this doesn't create a bomb. Very simple. World stakes. Get the team together. Yeah. Good. It's just make it simple, yeah. and I think people will flock. Because I think, again, sometimes people overcomplicate. Because I think that's even where Marvel is successful. Just kind of finishes up, even though like you know people are like, "Oh, why do they keep doing the origin story?" Well, because the origin story is a very simple st- storytelling device that gets you invested in a character, and people will see it. Mm-hmm. People will see it if you make it interesting. You don't need to always make it the really deepest root of the character, even though those origin stories tend to try to get to the root of the character. Mm-hmm. 
if you just give Bond the mission and have him go to cool places, do cool stunts, and market it well, that's a movie that people will see. And think about any successful superhero movie, too, and this is how I will wrap up. Is what makes the Wonder Woman's, what makes the Shazam's even, what makes the um uh the the Marvel movies really work? And in my opinion, is that they make you like the character. And yeah. I don't mean like the pretense of a big character study that they've been mm-hmm. trying to do in these Craig movies. Listen, you may not love the Ant-Man movies, but everybody loves seeing Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. Like, yeah. I go see these movies, and everybody, like, they applaud when he shows up, and, like, everybody loves him as Ant-Man. And I think that even it, like, you know, people may not like the Doctor Strange movie, but it's like, ah, oh, but I dig better to Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. I'll see him, like, appear in, yeah. like, one of the other well, movies. And I think There's an attachment with the character, and I think my final words on this will be, I agree with you. Simplify it. I would say less attention to this pretense. My personal idea is less attention in to the pretense of trying to make this like a serious d- character study or deep drama narrative and put more thought into how do we make Bond a likable character? How do we make you like Bond that you want to see him in more movies and then what's all the cool shit we can do with it? Yeah. And then just just do that. I feel like in a franchise like this, and I know those probably be people out there that says you could do more, but I think that like where Bond needs to go right now, and I don't think there's any shame in it, I think it's going to go a long way, and I honestly think it's going to make a much better movie than we've had in a little bit, is just stripping it all down, simplifying it, and just make a fun action blockbuster. I mean, really my last thing would say is that when you say that, it's like the other Bonds are almost perfect examples of this. Like, when you look at, like, Roger Moore, mm-hmm. when you look at the Roger Moore movies, you've said, like, basically Roger Moore may be your favorite Bond. Yes. And it's not like those characters go into, like, what makes the Roger Moore movies watchable? He's just a likable dude. He's likable. He's so likable. He's likeable. funny. He's charming. He he does the spy work well. He does the action well. Yeah. But, you, but it's like, even, like, and you can still do somewhat deeper character stuff like i think like stuff that they do in spy who love me and fear is only actually get kind of get a little bit into that bond character but you don't need to go that deep what you need is is someone charismatic and likable and basically gets the audience like on board because again tom cruise you do you mission impossible ethan hunt you do enough to get the characters invested. You do the, you know, Fallout has like the Michelle Monaghan stuff and kind of just his, yeah, his, I mean, his, 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 his passion for saving the world. That's enough. And people will enjoy it because they enjoy watching Tom Cruise do stuff. Yeah. Give them a little bit. Give them a little bit and they will follow you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Well, uh, we'll so, see. So I guess like uh, both of us are kind of like more of like, well, I guess we'll see what they do at 25. And I'm going to be very interested what that first trailer is. Yeah, like. I, I'll be very interested. I would see. say I'm a little bit more hopeful to the future post-25, but I have the smallest amount of optimism for 25. So. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, cool. Well, th- that wraps up this first, uh, our first, our first special episode. This uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then uh, next week we are back to a normal episode talking uh, a Godzilla movie. And then after that will be another special episode towards the end of the month in which we will be having a similar conversation of what's next for American uh, Godzilla and Legendary's MonsterVerse. Yes. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that and, one. And I do think, again, these other these episodes are going to be very fun. We'll do other kind of deep dives. Both, we'll go back to Bond history. 
uh, on Godzilla history. We'll we'll talk, you know, again, possibly a guest on board to talk about certain yeah. things. And I think if it's you guys be- have any, if you guys have any requests of things that you would like us to talk about, like we can take these episodes to answer any audience questions, or if you guys have a topic that you want us to discuss, who knows? Maybe we'll talk about it on one of these episodes. So um, that's uh, that's it uh, for me. Um, yeah. Did did you want to just plug anybody? Because maybe this would be. Um, a good place. Uh, episode so, yeah. people may be hopping on to. Yeah, so uh, you can you can email us at bonzillapod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at bonzilla007. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash bonzilla007. Like and subscribe, iTunes and SoundCloud. We have gotten a, an influx of new listeners lately. Um, uh, yes, I and, hope everybody's enjoying it. And so uh, if you're new here, uh, feel free to get back in the archives. We have a lot of great episodes. Uh, for movies you've seen and haven't seen, and I think sometimes even discovering us talking about a movie you haven't seen might inspire you to, to seek it out. So, or not seek it out if we didn't like it. So, <laughs> uh, but thanks for listening, guys. Yes. Uh, keep on listening. Uh, we're happy to keep doing this, and we're happy to be uh, expanding. All right. Well, uh, until next time, I'm Will, and I'm Nick, and take See care, you everybody. Next time.